0: Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas, I'm so glad you hit the play button today. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you so much for inviting us to wherever you are at today. Today, as we lean into this week's promise, I want to invite every one of you to really take a moment to reflect and listen. This week's promise is a very common one that many of us have heard, and it's about training a child in the way they should go. Now, I wanna say this before, before we get started. Sometimes when people hear that you're gonna talk about this passage, you automatically check out because maybe they're not a parent. Maybe they're they're not someone who has had the opportunity to, to uh, parent a child. And that's okay, I need you to understand, this verse is not just for a parent. There's a lot happening here and Pastor Scott's going to really unpack this and show you some interesting things. So I wanna encourage you, everyone of you, please be intentional to lean into this message, take some notes, and then also get back to us, reach out to us, media hub at thpstreeport.com or any of our social media platforms, thpstreetport on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And let us know how this message has challenged you, how it's impacted you, and what's your next step out of this passage is. All that being said, let's get into today's word.
1: Hey there, everybody. Thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today. Hey, before we get in the word today, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, A lot of times in our gatherings online, man, we just want to go worship and word. We want to just dig in together. But there are things that are happening and things that are happening on campus and here that we all want to be involved in. And one of those things is giving. And today I want to encourage you. There's something every single August that comes up that we uh, talk about, we invest in, we, we give our time to, we give our talent to, we give our... Our treasure, so to speak, too, and that is when school starts. Man, we always try to invest in our local schools, and one of the ways we do that is something we call clothed in love. And what that is, is we've set up an account uh, for school uniforms, and we desire to bless not one school, but multiple schools at any time that they have any need. We want to bl- be able to bless families who may not be able to, kids who move into to Shreveport and maybe they've moved right in and they didn't have uniforms and maybe it's something they need right away. We want to be able to provide for that. So, and also I want to remind you that today is BGMC, which we give to orphans hands all over the world, rescuing orphans, rescuing from sex trafficking, all manner of things. So today in your giving, man, if you guys would uh, maybe give a little extra, maybe think a little f- further ahead beyond just your first and your tithe and just be able to invest in that, go to THP Compassion on our online giving, and then just put the note, Clothed in Love, it'll go to that account, and then also BGMC, that will go to Orphan's Hands. Again, thank you guys for investing and sowing into really the next generation, which leads me to Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, which is our promise scripture today. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. And it's not a mistake that all this coincides with school starting and clothed in love and orphans' hands and all of that, because it specifically here is talking about children. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Now, you guys know that normally we take a deep dive and we go contextually, and man, we don't just take one verse, but Proverbs is a little bit different. Proverbs is a little less of a narrative and, and context than it is almost like um, uh, almost like maxims, like maxims to live by. Like you would put up a maxim on your window, and it would be like, "Hey, this, 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 and this." Maybe it was, maybe it's just something that you want to remind yourself about. But Proverbs is written a little bit different. So when we talk about Proverbs, we're talking about one verse maybe talking about this. The next verse is encouraging you to do this. The next verse is encouraging you to do this. And it may seem like it doesn't flow together, but it does. It is instruction. It is teaching that's being given to the reader. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, When he is old, he will not depart from it. Again, our promise, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, let's take away one of the kind of the misnomers of this verse, okay? One of the misnomers is, hey, if I train my kid up right, man, they're going to be great. They're never going to have any problems. Man, they're going to be perfect. They're going to live for Jesus the rest of their lives. And we know that there are a lot of wonderful parents out there that maybe their kids aren't serving God right now, and maybe as adults they're not living for the Lord. It doesn't mean that they were bad parents. It didn't mean that they didn't raise them up in the way that they should go. But what this is talking about is that When we train our children up, when we bring them up, and listen, this isn't just for parents. This is for any of us as adults. As we look to the next generation, they're watching us. They're learning from us. Uh, It can be uh, anywhere, anytime. It can be uh, a kid in your family. It could be a niece, a nephew. It can be a neighbor. It could be anybody. And these kids are watching us as we live for the Lord. But what this verse is talking about is when we raise up our children, in the way of the Lord. When we train them up in the way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart. That means that something has been deposited in them. The way I think about this is I think about the prodigal son, right? Even if you don't go to church, you've heard about the prodigal son, right? He's the guy that he gets, he wants his inheritance right now. He doesn't want to wait. And then he goes out and he spends it all on the world. And he ends up in a pig pen in pig slop working for a slave master. And he is a slave to a man he doesn't even know. And in a moment, the Bible says he comes to himself. He comes to himself. He's reminded of who he is. And it says, I would rather go back to my father's house, be a servant there than to be a slave here. Are you kidding me? And that's what this verse is talking about, is when we train up our children in the way they should go, something is being deposited in them. So when they hit those critical moments, there is something to remind them, to draw them back. It doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. Now here's another thing that we understand, even in the day we live in. When character and responsibility decreases in any nation, then government increases. Let me say that again. When character and responsibility decreases in any nation, then government increases. Whenever God's principles and ways are rejected, confusion and troubles occur. Um, Paul put it this way in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And then he goes on and on and on and talks about all these different characteristics that are that are released when God's principles and God's ways are not accepted, are rejected. Then confusion and troubles occur. And then in times like these, what happens? God's spirit begins to move. And where does God's spirit begin to move? He begins to move and change the hearts of the fathers and the mothers. To do what? Back to their children. And in the children, back to their fathers, according to Malachi 4. It's like in perilous times, there are things that are stirred up. God begins to stir up our hearts, and we are turned back. We are turned towards, and then they are turned towards us. Listen, when godly parents or adults neglect their responsibility to lead, then kids will take on adult responsibilities, which they are unable to carry. And that's what we're seeing right now. Listen, if you're listening to this and you're not a parent, I'm still talking to you. The Holy Spirit is talking to us. My kids are grown. They're they're out of the house. They're adults now. But I understand that there are little children around my life that are watching me Not Pastor Scott, but Scott, they're watching me and they are learning how to worship Jesus. They're learning how to pray. They're learning how to read the word. They're learning how to be a follower of Jesus by looking at me, by looking at the other adults around them who are following Jesus. And when we don't do that, then an ungodly influence comes in to try to lead them where that influence is going. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to go Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. And in Ephesians 6, it gives us a great template of kind of what does this look like? What does this look like in action? And it even gives like, it even gives a, 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 a commandment to children too. So it's to the children and to parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. Honor your father and mother. Notice it doesn't say honor your father and mother if life was perfect, okay? Honor. Honor your father and mother. And why? That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. That was the promise that was given. Verse 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Come on, bring them up. Put that in the chat right now. That's a key word that we're going to talk about today. Bring them up. Bring them up. Don't provoke. There are a couple different things in in Ephesians 6. First thing is don't provoke. Second thing, bring them up. Don't provoke, bring them up. Don't provoke, bring them up. Very simple. Do not provoke them, bring them up. Well, What does it mean to provoke? Like if I get onto my kid, am I provoking them? No. Here's what provoke means. Provoke means to enrage, to stir up to anger and frustration. That literally, you're not bringing a correction. You're trying to stir them up to anger. You're trying to enrage them. You are provoking them. That does not mean we should never do anything that upsets or 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 you know or. Uh, you know, upsets them or they think we shouldn't be doing it, it means we don't demean them. It means we don't dishonor them. It means we don't devalue them. It means we don't reject them. It means we don't resent them. Come on, somebody's with me right now because that was done to you. Listen, we, we bring correction. We honor kids. Just because we say we honor kids doesn't mean we don't correct them. But here's what we don't do. We we do not punish, we correct. Those are not the same things. To punish means we want to provoke them. We, We want to punish them. We want to demean them. We want to bring them down. Well, it says don't provoke, and then what was the other thing? Bring them up. What does that mean? Don't bring them down. Don't demean them. Don't devalue them. Listen, kids have so much to offer all of us. We totally devalue their influence on us because we think, hey, we've already learned it all. We've lived it all. And we don't even value their opinion. Sometimes they have an opinion we can't see because we're so hardened from the world. Like we've learned kind of how to do this adult thing. But kids have this, they still to this day, listen, I am not going to listen to what the world is telling me. Kids today still have a purity about them no matter what situation they're in. They have spiritual antennas that we don't know anything about. They know when they walk in a room, something's happening in the room. Kids and their hearts. And what we have done As an entire generation, as we have put adult responsibilities on kids and thereby they lose that, they begin to lose that purity and that innocence. And we've put those responsibilities on them because we have rejected those responsibilities ourselves. We have too many adults who are acting like children and they're wanting children to raise themselves. The Bible tells us you bring them up. Don't demean them. Don't devalue them. Don't bring them down. Bring them up. So what does that mean? What does the term bring up mean? It means to rear to maturity. Bring them to maturity. To cherish them and to train them. Bring them up. In the what? The training and the admonition of the Lord. Bring them up. Lead them to maturity. Cherish them. Train them. It doesn't mean put them down or hold them back. Listen, there is a, there is a really delicate balance of, of keeping some type of, 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 of limitations while yet still releasing them to be kids. That's the tension, and it's not up for them to figure out. That's for us as adults to teach them and to train them and to bring them up. Listen, this is a command for parents, grandparents, and mentors. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. Bring them up. Children do not automatically grow up to be what God wants them to be. They cannot bring themselves up. Here are some words associated with, with the phrase bring them up, discipline which wherein we get that word disciple, right? It's not a bad word because it's in the Bible, okay? The launching pad for the great commission that Jesus gave, the launching pad is the home. It's not the church. It's the home. That's That's the launching pad. And the objective is to disciple them to be godly. Well, guess what? That requires discipline, but it also requires the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen, here's the great thing for us as adults. God didn't just say, hey, bring them up in your own power. No, no, no. Bring them up in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. And then we are to teach them in godliness. Another word, we had discipline. Another word that is associated with bring them up, admonish. That's not really a word we kind of hear a whole lot these days. But admonish, what does that mean? That means to put into the mind and to call attention to. So let's call attention to these things to our kids. Listen, the word of God has something to say to every area of our life. Let's call attention to the word of God in our kids. Let's admonish them, right? Let's put the word of God not just in their heart, but in their minds, that they can think on the word, that they can meditate on the word of God, that it becomes a part of their context because it's in the word of God they find their identity. Listen, we are responsible to bring God's perspective, right, to our kids' attention. That's our responsibility. And then what does that mean? That means, well, we've got to have God's perspective. We have to know God's perspective, and then we have to live God's pers- perspective. So you got discipline, admonish. What else is it, And bring them up. Nurture, the word nurture. Come on, all the guys out there are going, listen, Scott, listen, nurturing is not my thing. That's a lady's thing. Wrong answer. Yes, there are qualities of nurturing that only a woman can carry, absolutely. But as men, it's not just about going, hey, do what I say, do what I say. No, that's wrong, wrong, wrong. That's not even theology, not even necessarily bad. It's just not even theology. Hey, just do what I say. So many times I was told, do what I say, not what I'm doing. Well, that's called hypocrisy. Come on, right? Like we're, we're expecting to model something and then for our kids to do something different than what we're modeling. They're watching us. So they're gonna do what we're doing. What does that word nurture mean? It means correction. Listen, reinforce good behavior and correct wrong behavior. <laughs> Discipline and punishment are not the same. Never punish because punishment leaves no room for nurturing. No room. Masters punish fathers discipline. Masters want to keep those around them lower than them, demean them. But fathers and mothers, they want to bring them up. They want to bring them up until it's time to release. See, the Lord tells us not to simply teach a child, but to bring them up. And that means we are to mold them into shape. How do we do that? Here's some very simple steps. Okay, you guys ready? Here we go. How do we do that? How, how do we kids that maybe are not in our home, but they see us? And they hear us and we have some influence. Maybe, they're, maybe some of our friends, we get together and they have a bunch of little kids. And maybe like me, maybe you're like me. Maybe your kids are already adults and they're out of the house. But then you have people over at your house that have little kids. How do you help to mold them into shape? How do we do that? How do we do that with our kids, our grandkids, our friends' kids, uh, other people's children, children who may be looking at us? How do we do that? Love them. Well, duh, Scott. I mean, duh. Well, if it was a duh, then you'd think we'd actually get it and actually do it. Love them. Well, I know that. Well, we can know something and still not do it. Love them over and over and over again. Tell them that you love them. That may sound corny, but do it. Many of us may not have heard that when we were growing up. And because of that, we carried so many things. Maybe it wasn't just that, but it was, that was a part of many different things that when we became an adult, we really didn't even know how to not just give love, but receive love. Did you know that, that we can have a problem not just in giving love to someone else, but we can actually have a problem receiving love? Because we never learned how to do it. It was never modeled to us. Children need to know, listen to me, Godly love, not earthly lust. There is a healthy, godly way in which we can love children that is not perverted like the world is trying to do right now in 2021, and I did say it. It's perversion. It's wickedness of what's being put into our children in the name of love, and it's not love at all. It's lust and it's perversion. And that's why we, as adults, we have got to model godly love, godly affection, even godly touch. Do you know that some people have never felt the loving embrace of a hug? Like a real loving embrace all the touching that's been done to them in their life has been selfish or abusive or perverted. They've never known what it means to just have a godly, a godly touch, a godly hug, a godly pat on the back, a godly handshake with wrapping your hand around their hand and saying, I love you. So we love them. What else do we do? We lift them. Listen, children need encouragement. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Don't put them down. Lift them up. Now, let me clarify something. Okay, you guys ready? Let me clarify the difference between praising and encouraging children because there's a difference. Praising focuses on performance. Encouragement focuses on worth. When we begin to praise kids... Now we're praising them because they accomplished something. Now they think we only love them when they accomplish something. But encouragement focuses on their worth, that whether they accomplish this, whether they win this game, whether they win this competition, whether they, any of that, we can come and we can encourage them, not for what they are doing, but for who they are, their worth. Encouragement tells a child that he or she is valuable in the sight of God no matter what. So we love them, we lift them, then what? We limit them. Well, that doesn't sound encouraging. (laughs) We limit them. In the garden, God set limits. Why? Did he do it to discourage Adam and Eve? No, he did it to provide love and to protect them. Listen, when we limit our children... We're not doing it to punish them. We're not even a lot of times doing it to correct them. We are limiting them so that we can love them and protect them. Listen, you can't shelter your kids from everything. You can't shelter children from everything. But as it has to do with your little sphere of influence, you can limit them to protect them. They may see it as you're being a downer. But what you see it is, just like God saw them in the garden, Listen, they can partake of anything. I'm setting these limits right here. But hey, right there, don't go there. Don't take of that because it's going to cause you some pain. And listen, we can give our kids advice all day long. But if they don't take it, guess what? They're probably going to end up getting hurt. If they take it, they may end up getting hurt too. But in encouragement, when we set those parameters to limit them, what we are saying is, listen, I love you enough to put a limitation on it so you don't go off the cliff. Because I don't want you to be hurt. You know, as a father of two daughters, man, you want to talk about navigating an obstacle course in teenage years. Man, there were emotions flying all over my house. Half the time I didn't even know who I was in the midst of whatever was happening in my house. But what I had to do was set some limits. We had to set limits to tell them, hey, I love you. And I love you enough. I love you enough to not put you in harm's way. So we love them and we lift them and we limit them. Then we lead them. Like lead them. We must imitate Christ when it comes to bringing them up, training our children. Jesus modeled for the disciples what he was teaching. He was living it. He wasn't just talking to them about it. He was living it. We have to live it, not just talk it. If we tell the kids, hey, you need to read your Bible, you need to pray, you need to do this, and then we're only doing it in church, guess what they're going to grow up to think? I only do that in church. It's not a lifestyle then. Now it's based on church. They need to see us reading the Word of God outside of church. They need to see us praying outside of church. They need to see us prophesying and evangelizing and preaching the gospel to people and witnessing to people. They need to see that outside the context of church or a church program. We need to lead them. And then this, there can be 50 points today, but I'm just going to put it here. We love them, right? We lift them, we limit them, we lead them, and then we laugh with them. Now listen, I'm preaching to the choir right here, you know, pretty serious guy in the past and all that and you know my kids at times but you know i did laugh with my girls and i know that you know god has given me my girls for different things even in my own life they've they've they both have characteristics and traits that pull out really great things out of me and in the midst of all of that you know one of them would could always bring out a laugh at some point some moment The other one could always bring out these uh, crying moments. Not bad crying, but like good, like moving me moments. We need to learn to laugh with them. Proverbs 17 says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Laugh with our kids. Have fun with our kids, right? Godly laughter, right? Just laugh with them. And it's not about becoming a kid. It's not about, man, I I remember when I was a kid in this. It's about just enjoying them and enjoying the fact that they're enjoying themselves because there comes a moment in our lives where we learn not to just enjoy for ourselves, but we get enjoyment from our children's enjoyment. And let me tell you this. I'm living this in real time. When they become adults, it shifts into a whole other gear. When you start seeing them do things that you told them, When you start seeing when you love them, that's coming out of them. When you lifted them up, that's coming out of them as an adult. When you see them, you limited them, and now they actually are putting some of those same limitations in their own life to protect themselves. When you see them leading others, when you see them laughing with kids, like all of the things that you did with them when they are little, now you're seeing as adults, that's the fruit. That's discipleship. That's bringing them up. Now, these aren't points, but just practical keys before we pray. Listen, give responsibility, but don't expect more from them than they can do. Listen, there's only so much a six-year-old can handle, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Give them responsibility, but don't expect adultness to come from them. They're kids. Careful correction. Remember, attitude, not demeaning them. Avoid double standards. Listen, when you live it, you got to live it. Don't set one standard for them and another one for yourself. Quality time, shared experiences. Communicate with them. Hug them. Love them. Give them a note, a gift. Listen to them. Allow them room to fail. That's something I had to learn early on is to allow my kids space to fail. Make boundaries. Make it easy for them to approach you. Man, here's a key. This isn't a point. This is just a, I'm not, I'm not your commander. I'm going to suggest this. Admit your own mistakes. When you blow it, admit it. Own it. Own it. Repent. Own it. And in all of what we've talked about today, point them to Jesus. Listen, these simple things will go a long way in helping you and I, Scott, I'm not a parent, you and I to raise mighty men and women of God who will turn the world upside down for Jesus. This is not a message for parents. This is a message for adult followers of Jesus Christ because if we don't do it, we will lose an entire generation To the enemy. And I long to say like David, not on my watch. I served the Lord fully in my generation. I gave everything I could to Jesus in my generation. Not just my own life, but to model it for others. Listen, you may be watching this today. Maybe you're listening to this today. You have kids that are not serving the Lord. Maybe you have some kids who are in some trouble. Maybe you got kids that are struggling really, really bad. I want to tell you that although maybe some of those things may have been mistakes that you made, those deposits that you put in them is still there. They can still come to themselves, right? They can still come to themselves. Don't lose heart, Maybe for some of you that maybe it's kids around you that you have influence with. Listen, they're not your kids, but you are an example. They will learn how to follow Jesus by watching you. And So with all this, train up a child in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not depart. Bring them up. Bring them up. Don't bring them down. Bring them up. Those are our words today, bring them up. Like last week, it's okay, I'm okay, right? Well, how can you be okay? I can do all things through Christ. Well, this week it's bring them up. Those are our three, bring them up. Seems like every single week we're getting little phrases. I'm okay in Christ. Bring them up, bring them up. Don't bring them down, bring them up. I'm gonna love them, lift them, limit them, lead them. And I'm gonna laugh them and in all of that, God's going to be glorified. All the ones around me are going to realize who they are in Jesus, that they are sons and daughters, not daughters. Lord, we just thank you today for this opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity to just come and just dig into your word and get this promise. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that, Lord, uh, as we are speaking and listening right now, that, Lord, if we have not been good examples, God, we repent right now in Jesus' name. If we have set a double standard or been hypocrites to kids around us, God, we repent right now. We ask you forgive us. Lord, we ask for courage and strength and boldness and, Lord, even direction of how to be a full example to the children around us. So that they will not just learn how to be a disciple of Jesus, but want to be a disciple Lord we do we thank you for our children thank you for the next generation Lord we mourn all those that we've lost we mourn them we mourn the lives of children that have been lost the destinies that have been lost but God please help us for those that are alive and remain around us that in our lives they can see Jesus and then they will want Jesus we thank you for it in Jesus name Amen I love you guys. God bless you.